for the Watch is a Game of Thrones podcast that contains spoilers and salty language but no nudity. This is episode three of season six of Game of Thrones. With me are Joshua and Casey. Hi guys. Hello. Are you guys both book readers? I'm a book listener. How about you, Casey? I read all the books a couple years ago. <laughs> Same here. I listened to them, uh, I think, last year, mm-hmm. but all in rapid succession. Yeah, so um, this week we're going to be talking about Oathbreaker, and you can also find past episodes on ForTheWatchPodcast.com if you're so inclined. Um, so take it away, Joshua. Uh, so we start in Winterfell, where we cut to some lovely side butt of Jon Snow, um, which is the first of hopeful, hopefully more gratuitous nudity on this show because there just hasn't been enough on this season yet, uh, especially compared to last season, uh, previous seasons. Um, so Davos, shocked as he is, picks up his jaw off the floor and uh, Melisandre has her eyes so wide, I think her eyes are about to pop out of her head because she's so amazed as, uh, because of what she's done. She's actually brought someone back to life instead of, uh, you know, killing someone, because that seems to be her previous MO, at least. Shadow babies and whatnot. Uh, so, they ask John, uh, what does he remember? And he says, oh, you know, I remember being murdered, and they're like, no, 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 what about death do you remember? And he just says, it's just, it's just nothing, it's just darkness, just nothingness. So that's a bit of an existential crisis to come back from. He doesn't seem happy to come back. I mean, he he just, like, finally got to, like, rest, you know? Like, be dead and, like, not have to worry about, like, the wall or anything else. And now all that's back on his shoulders. So that would be really tough to bear again. Yeah. Especially with all those stab marks. And I think there should have been more of them, because I remember him getting stabbed a lot more, in my memory at least. Yeah, there was a lot of people coming at him. Either that or I just watched that scene a lot, so it seemed to like a lot more. The internet is rife with that sort of thing, mm-hmm. definitely. Um, so now Jon Snow has to figure out what he's going to do. So Davos gives him a nice uh, pep talk saying, Hey, so uh, you failed once, go fail again, and just keep on failing. Because that's what we love about you, Jon Snow. You just get right back on that horse. What was the point of bringing Jon Snow back, though? They he I think to have a leader again to unite the the wildlings and the Night's Watch and to appease fans obviously. Yeah, I guess Davos is really a really good VP instead of a an actual president. Yeah, yeah, that's been his position for quite a while. Um, so they finally put some clothes on John because he must have been fucking freezing, especially after being a corpse for a day and a half, two days. I don't know. Yeah, it's hard to tell with the passage of time in this season so far. But enough about that. Um, he is welcomed back uh, by all the wildlings and uh, the Night's Watchmen that still like him. Uh, and Tormund explains the reason why everyone is gawking is not because he was dead like 48 hours prior, but because the people now think he's a god. But Tormund explains, oh, no, no. I know you're not a god. I've seen your little ding-dong. Pecker. Pecker. Which seems out of his his vocabulary. Seems odd for him to say pecker twice. You think he would just say cock. Yeah. 
I mean, he's not one yeah. to mince words. Yeah. Wildlings are very crass. Yeah, not to mention he's also whispering this into John's ear so no one else will hear him say Pecker. <laughs> Maybe he could kind of tell that John was freaking out, you know? Like, I guess you don't want to be a huge asshole to somebody who just came back from the dead. <laughs> Maybe. Like, even if you're a wildling, I don't know, maybe he's just more polite than that. Yeah. <laughs> he said pecker. <laughs> I thought it was cute. I thought it was funny, like, to show that they were friends. Oh, sweet. Yeah, I did notice that a lot of the, the there, that there were a lot of jokes in this episode, actually, that I didn't particularly find funny, but they tried. Yeah. They definitely tried. They're really trying to liven it up for some reason. If they really want to, like, make it not so dark, they could uh, do that by just raising the lighting because I can't see anything for half the goddamn episode. It's so dark. Especially just, in Bravos where it's like you're just inside of a temple the entire time. Yeah, so it's like, guys, just add a few more candles or torches or somewhere. Just, I can't see anything. <laughs> the Stop with the jokes. Add more lights. Come on. Yeah. Jokes cost less, though. Mm-hmm. Um, so then we end up on some ship. We change scenes and... Uh, we go to Sam and Gilly, and little Sam, and Gilly is giving us some insight of the English language. Um, I thought that she was actually a lot more interesting when she was in Skins as Cassie, with all of her ups and downs. She's just like, see, see, ha, ha. Get see, it? get it, see. I thought she was trying to distract <laughs> Sam from seasickness. Uh, yeah, I, I guess. The people who get seasick, like, huh. people really try to talk to you, like, while you're actively seasick they're like oh just look at the horizon but luckily she didn't do that that would have really made me mad yeah and what the tv one thing that really bothers me on uh, when i'm watching television is seeing people vomit i always feel like that is gratuitous like when i watch bridesmaids that just like bodily functions i don't need to see happen on camera really and especially with vomit they're always just like wanting to like close up on that and and make you really feel it and it's like how, how often does vomit happen in real people's real lives? They want to like show it on television, as if we don't experience it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just I'm just good with like sticking someone's head in a bucket, you know? Like I understand what's happening there. Yeah. The sounds are fine, but whenever like they, I mean, he was obviously about to puke, and they like zoomed in on his face. So. Yeah. Right, and it's like I want to so, see like, this yellow bile coming out of you. Yeah, I'm, I'm a, I agree with just having him holding the bucket is fine. And, like, yeah. maybe him just holding on to a few words trying not to throw up would have been better. But, no, nah, they uh, they think that, you know, vomiting is funny and, like, bodily fluids is funny. They really are going in a different direction in this yeah. series. Um, so then uh, they're talking about, like, where they're going to go. And it turns out that he's actually going to drop her off with his sister and her, his mother. Um, even though that's not a really safe place for young boys. Because apparently, like, you either live up to your standards of your father or you die type of thing. Yeah. I, I, or you get sent to the wall. I forget. Is Sam's father still alive? Uh, at this point, I think he is, yeah. Okay. Because he's going to... Where did he... Um, I thought he went down south because he was, like, allied with those people. Did that happen in the book or in the show? <laughs> I don't remember anymore. I don't remember. But it, it does seem like a, a half-baked plan. Um, I mean, why did he... I know why he brought Gilly with him to begin with, because he's a sad sack who just needs attention and love. Which apparently, he's actually George R.R. Martin's, like, stand-in. Like, he it, he was, like, the, the overweight kid who was really good at book reading and, like, history and whatever. 
and, you know, turned into this, like, really rich author. Mm-hmm. Turns Turned out really well for him, but Sam is supposed to be like him right now. <laughs> supposedly. Throwing up. Yeah, I would too if I had seen my <laughs> beloved series get perverted like this. <laughs> um, so Sam is going off to be a maester, and he's telling her that he just wants uh, Gilly to be safe. And she says something about him being a father to her child, like she would never, she would just do what he says because he's the father of a child. And that led to some speculation as to whether uh, he's ta- she's talking about her current kid, little Sam, and saying like he's an adoptive father, or that she's pregnant. I think it's adoptive father. I didn't even think about that. Well, we know they did the deed. Oh, that's right. I completely forgot about that because it was so lackluster. I didn't even think about that. <laughs> That would be so cute. Oh, baby Sam. Well, there's already a little Sam. Think of the cheeks. Just keep naming everybody Sam. Maybe it'll be a girl. They can name her Samantha. (laughs) (laughs) It'll be like George Foreman. Sam. (laughs) We'll see. Maybe it's just a theory, but that's what I I saw on the internet the other day. Well, I I, I will say the only time that... uh, Vomit is ever, like, indicative of something is uh, when, like, women are pregnant in TV shows. Unless he's feeling, like, sympathy symptoms. Maybe, but, like, (laughs) that's, like, my go-to whenever a woman vomits in uh, TV. Yeah. Like, they're pregnant. Like. Yeah, they need to be more subtle about that these days. (laughs) Right? Uh, So then we go to the Tower of Joy. Flashback. And what a misnomer that is. Tower of Joy. So, uh, Casey, could you explain to me, though, like, what R&L equals J means? Because I've been seeing it on the internet, and I don't exactly know. It means Rhaegar plus Lyanna equals John. And now, quick question. Uh, Rhaegar was the Mad King, right? No, Rhaegar was the Mad King's son. Okay. Oh. Yes. So when they're talking um, about the Mad King is dead, then that makes like sense. a really good guy, and... People liked him a lot, by all accounts. Because I know Danny, um, I mean, Daenerys talked about him a little bit, like, sort of, like, vaguely remembering him. Wasn't that when they were, like... Hearing stories about him or something? When she was in Marine and she was talking to that uh, old knight guy who's who ended up dying, wasn't he the one who was telling her about how great her father was? They were, like, out... Maybe? Was yeah. that her father? I mean, was he talking about her father or her older brother? Because the Mad King killed lots of people. I don't, I don't know. Anyways. That was, that was too long ago. Um, so, yeah, at the Tower of Joy, this is one of Bran's flashbacks. Um, he's hanging out with his young father before he was his father. Um, there's a couple other important characters in there. Um, Arthur Dane. Yeah. I can never remember their names. And Reed. What's his, or what's his last name? Who's the other guy? Uh, I remember his name, but it was Mira's father. Yeah, um, yes, yes. Okay, you're right. Um, there's a, a bit of a scrum with some swords and such. Um, they start, and they're sort of, like, then Stark walks up with his with his homies, and he's like, he's like, all right, so, you know, why aren't you protecting your king? Like, um, and your, your prince is dead, and your king is dead, and so why are you here? And, he, and um, Dane is like, well, you know, I was told to be here. Um, and then a fight ensues, and this is like, you know, one of the, one of the best stories that Brandon heard as a child, and it's supposed to be all like, oh yeah, Ned Stark was the, was the greatest, and he, he slained him, and 
And so then it turns out that um, Reed stabbed Dane in the back, which was not super honorable. And and Ned was going to lose. And, you know, it, like, Bran was just watching all this, like, oh, my God, there goes my childhood. Like, you know, he... Everything I know is a lie. Yeah, right? Like, so, you know, as if Bran doesn't have enough to think about. Everything sort of ends, and they they hear um, screaming from the tower, um, which is likely childbirth screaming. Although, no, because, you know, she dies and stuff, so it's not the happy kind of childbirth. So Ned goes running, and Bran's like, Dad! And then they have a never-ending story moment where, like, you can actually, like, get into this other dimension and change things. Yeah, so now you were saying that Sam was a stand-in for uh, Gur Martin, but maybe Bran is too, because he's able to go back and yell at these people and they react to him because he's actually writing the story. Oh, yeah. They're making this very meta now. <laughs> so remember um, in the books how the... Bran could only travel by tree, basically. Yeah. Do you remember that? So that that happened once where he sort of called out from the tree that Ned was sitting in front of. Yeah. And Ned was like, oh, I heard something. It must have been just the wind. And I thought that was kind of neat that they, that um, the three-eyed raven ended up being like, you know, he may have heard you or it could have been just the wind. And I like that little tie-in. I thought that was amazing. Oh, I totally missed that. Yeah, it was a little callback, but uh, yeah, in the books, it was only the weirwood trees that Bran could see the world through in the past. Will warging damage him long term? Yes, I'm. I'm. We're not a hundred percent sure on Bran, but uh, when it comes to regular wargs, warging, wargening, uh, if you are in the creature too long, uh, you can really like lose yourself in the creature and you just won't come back to your body but at the same time if you have a strong bond with the creature if you die your soul may be fused with the creature at least for a while until your soul eventually gets ridden over by the creature you're inhabiting again okay so i read a theory on the internet that hodor is actually a horse and that he that hodor is the name of the horse that Lyanna rode and that willis could actually warg and that he he liked to hang out with Lyanna so much that he turned into a horse. Where are you reading all these crackpot uh, theories? The internet. <laughs> I mean, prove me wrong. Prove it wrong. Why would that not happen? Because that's not how that works. <laughs> it's not like Freaky Friday. Where now he's just, just like, a horse. He's on Bojack Horseman now. He goes, <laughs> like, that's not how that works. But Bran rides him like a horse, too. <laughs> How would he know how to do any other human things? I don't know. Horses are intelligent, man. I, I feel like... Don't doubt a horse. There was a mother... There was a um, a bit that my brother, my brother, and me did like this, where, uh, you know Quantum, Le- Quantum Leap? Yeah. Yeah, where uh, he Quantum Leaps into a horse, and the horse goes into his body instead. So now it's just like, oh, man. Uh, Al, who has to watch over the guy while he's leaping, it's like, oh, well, now he's a horse. I guess this is the easiest job ever now. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, after the fun little flashback, uh, we get flashed present to Vase Dothrak, where uh, Daenerys is still walking. It's like a a Hobbit movie or a Lord of the Rings movie. But she lost her ring. Yeah, she lost her ring. And people are going to give it back to her, so then she can destroy... The rest, Gollum. yeah, she has to get back to her precious, her precious dragon, Drogon. 
so she gets to Vase Dothrak, and all the other uh, widows are completely unimpressed by her uh, her fancy necklace and her crappy dress and her many 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 titles. Uh, so the I, I guess priestess of the uh, Vase Dothraki people, uh, ladies. She's like, well, I thought I was going to rule the world, too, so you're not special, girl. No. You're not that special. You just got weird hair. Yeah. And a long title. <laughs> yeah. So uh, they're going to decide her fate because all the other Kalasars have returned to uh, discuss who will be made into slaves and who will go out conquering. And now they get to decide uh, what to do with Daenerys. So will she die? Will she be a widow? Will she be a slave? Will they set her on fire again? Who knows? Yeah, we like to not watch the uh, next time on. Yeah. Which apparently has some spoilers on that. Yeah, we're not going to try to spoil that. We're spoiling what's happening now. Yeah, real life yeah, spoilers. I think actually watched that this time, so. Good. <laughs> we're all on the same page then. <laughs> uh, the, um, then we move on to Marine. We do. So... In the in the previously on spoilers, which I did watch, pre spoilers, um, there was that scene where the the prostitute lady um, was sleeping with uh, one of the soldiers, and then he gets his throat slit, um, and so she pops back into the picture. Varys had her taken into. Um, the pyramid so he could talk to her and you know he's making all these like leather jokes and then they they start discussing like how he's going to get his information because she obviously has been working for the other side and he's like hey I know your son I know he's got breathing issues I know that you know you're in a really bad spot right now so if you're nice to me and you give me your information then maybe I'll give you this huge bag of silver and a ticket to a boat. So apparently it takes a while um, because then the next scene happens with <laughs> Tyrion and Grey Worm and the Sunday. Yeah, they're like really boring people. They're all just sitting at a table and Tyrion is trying to be charming and like make games. And these people have never played games in their lives unless they're sex games. Because they're sex slaves. And, well, except for Grey Worm. I'm not sure what he does in his spare time. But, um... (laughs) uh, Tyrion says, A wise man once said that true history of the world is the history of great conversations in elegant rooms. And... Quoting Churchill. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Um, But it's actually pretty true when you think about it. Because, I mean... Kings in the, like, if you're talking about the real past, they hang out in their nice lush areas and, uh, like, carpeted walls and things like that, and they make decisions that affect populations and don't ever have to really even leave their castles or fireplaces, so, um, it's kind of an interesting thing to say, but to these people that don't care and don't have great conversation skills, conversational skills, I don't know, um... It's kind of wasted on them. I, I do th- like that uh, Missande kind of picked up on it. She was like, wait a minute, who the fuck said that? Like, that's 
doesn't sound right. He she's... said that because he drinks and he knows things, remember? Yeah. <laughs> he just but knows. But he just made that up. Yeah. So I think, like, she kind of has... She kind of makes it her business to, like, uh, know things about history and people, so... Well, yeah, in all different... Ni- 19 different languages. Yeah, so she's not a dumb person. So I, I like that she picked up on that. She's like, you were talking bullshit, kid. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so then, uh, Varys does come back in, into the room, and they, he tells them the information that he's learned from his little birds and things. He says that the, all their enemies are basically funding the Sons of the Harpies, and it's not just a surprise, rebellion. Surprise, surprise! Um, so, Grey Worm is like, well, let's just go kill him! And he's like, uh, Tyrion says, well, well, we can't do that, because who's gonna protect us then, here in Marine? And then, Masande is just like, well, they only understand one language. Yeah, and I've, I know, I just speak that language better than my mother tongue and I and that really confused me why because it alludes to her knowing violence very well like has she killed other people before I'm sure she's been the recipient of violence possibly I mean but... she's a slave right yeah yeah it just and she started she started as a child she was born into it so that's sort of all she's ever known is the violence of the masters okay until... That makes more sense to me now, because I it, it kind of struck me just weird how she said it, that she knew it better than her mother tongue. Yeah. No, that was, I thought that was an odd delivery, but I, I'm pretty sure that's what it meant anyway. That was, that was how I took it. That's the writers re- reaching too hard to try to be Game of Thrones-like. Yeah. Yeah, probably. Um, but speaking of little birds, we smash cut to King's Landing, where, uh... Kyburn is talking to the little street rats that uh, was left by Varys, um, and you know he's taking care of them. Apparently, uh, he uh, it remarks that one of the little kids, his eyes getting better, and you know how's his mom? Oh, his mom's good. How's his dad? Oh, his dad isn't around anymore. He's like, good, good. He won't bug bug you anymore. So I guess uh, they got someone to kill the, the little kid's dad. Or something. But anyway, uh, they ask about Varys and... Well, that's uh, how you make kids happy, right? You get rid of the person who um, makes you do things in your, in your life. Yeah. Like, <laughs> your father. <laughs> or or your mother. You, Whoever's you, making your life difficult. Whoever makes you do things not for sweets. Exactly. <laughs> so they ask, like, hey... The father was beating them up. That was... That was how I took <laughs> Yeah, yeah. But uh, they just, like, totally killed his dad, I guess. Or ushered him off the set. Who knows? Um, so they're like, hey, where's Ferris at? And he's like, well, I don't know, but I've got these plums. If you want him, you gotta tell me things. And, uh, just as he says that, uh, the Franken-Mountain, that's his name, Franken-Mountain, uh, Jamie and Cersei enter the room, and all the little kids skedaddle, and, uh, Cersei wants to, uh, overplay her hand in Dorne, in the North, pretty much anywhere that people are talking about her because she wants to, like, clear her Facebook of people that are, like, talking bad about her. Unfriend. Yes. Dorne. Unfriend. (laughs) The wall. Everywhere. (laughs) Yeah, so she wants to, uh, pretty much find out who's talking smack about her. Um, don't you think that it was kind of odd that they were talking about this in this episode, whereas in the last episode, you did see Frankenmountain go and kill that guy? 
it's almost like they did that backwards. They just need to, like, throw something into the previous episode to see that, like, the network of Little Birds is working already or something. Yeah. Like, how else would Gregor Clegane go up to this guy and just be like, oh, he didn't even say anything. He just smashed his head. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a good point. That's them trying it to be subtle. list of things that the writers aren't doing well this season. Yeah. So. Yeah, doing things backwards and just not being subtle enough or trying to make things sound Game of Thronesy and then not. And then including things like uh, in the small council where, um, what's his name? Uh, the Maester? I forgot. Grand Maester Picel. Yeah. Uh, he did that classic bit where... Uh, He's talking about, oh, we should uh, get rid of the mountain because he's an abomination, and oh, he's standing right behind me, isn't he? But uh, and then he, farts. he fucking farts. He I farts. I hated that scene. I was so toot, mad. Toot. When he farted. Like he's sort. He's a joke through the books. He was a joke last. Like he's always been a joke. Like you know, he was not a good maester by any means. But what? Yeah. Did he fart like an old guy. Like. Yeah. Come on. And like, and. That is- that is the basis of base humor. Like, that is so dumb. It is. It is, like, so lowbrow. And I love the fact that um, we watch it with captions on. You just see, in parentheses, farts. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, god damn it. It's no way to even ignore it or, like, oh, the chair did it, you know? It was definitely <laughs> It was definitely a fart. You can't oh blame god. it on anything else. This is a game of jokes. <laughs> yes, game of jokes, because that's what the series is now. So, Jamie and Cersei went in on the small council, and they're like, oh, well, what about, you know, uh, Marcella being murdered, and all this other stuff, and the small council's like, bitches, you ain't a part of this shit, we're running the, the show now, you're not the queen, and sure, you may be on the, the king's guard, but we don't give a shit, so they all up and leave, I'm pretty sure some of them are gonna start dropping like flies, so they can get their message across that they want in on this shit. The only part of that scene I think that I liked was Grandma Tyrell. She's awesome. Like, I don't think she's ever going to not be awesome. I just so enjoy her. Yeah, she really has some wicked burns. Sit down. Sit down, girlfriend. Yeah, know your place. You're not the queen. Yeah. Cersei, like, desperately needs... Like, if Cersei had had a grandma that did that to her, then she wouldn't be such a psycho bitch now. Like... True. She would probably... Well, she'd still be a little crazy, but... Or if only she had a mother, you know? Damn you, Tyrion! That too. Um, so then we go to the High Sparrow and Tommen scene. Um, Tommen barges in to some little churchy area, and he's like, "Hey, my mom wants to see Marcella's final resting place." And the High Sparrow's like, "No, that's not going to happen." she needs to continue to atone for her sins. Like, he knows that she hasn't admitted everything because, well, the whole everything, everybody knows that she hasn't admitted everything. And apparently the walking naked with poop getting thrown at you thing was not enough. Shame. So he's like, <laughs> he's like, no, that's not going to happen. Um, then, you know, they sort of start talking and the High Sparrow is discussing how the mother's love is really from the god, the mother, um, and how everything is is connected to the gods, and then the you know the only reason that Tommen can feel his mother's love is because the mother allows it. I've said mother so many times. <laughs> <laughs> it is, I thought it was a very confusing scene actually because 
it's like we're just watching people speak and then acting is happening, but it's like there's no consequences or weight to whatever he's saying. He's just like, yeah, the gods are talking to me and they're talking to your your grandfather and things are going to happen. But your mother, she needs to be happy. We've got to make her happy. and She's got to atone to be happy. But it wasn't clear. Yeah. Yeah. And then somehow Tommen is getting all that. Tommen is like a, a dullard. No. He doesn't get it. Tommen is thick. He's he's not understanding this stuff. And that was actually something that you know there was this scene where Tywin had told I think it was I think it was Tommen. I don't know why he would tell anybody else. He was like a king that needs to declare that he is the king is not a king. And so whenever Tommen's literally like let my mother see Marcella, I'm the king. It's like. Okay, show off how weak you are yet again, Tommen. Like, you know, you're on a good streak, bro. Like, just keep it going. <laughs> um, and then, and then the high sparrow is like, "Oh, I really need to sit down." You're not supposed to do that in front of royalty. Like, isn't that a huge slight? Yeah. Like, yeah, but it's you know, yeah, sure, he has bad knees, but whatever, get the gods to fix him. Superb. <laughs> <laughs> He's really trying to be, like, a substitute grandfather slash, like, wise old man who needs sympathy. Um, but I don't think... T- I mean, Tommen falls for it, but it it's such a, like, a, a mist that sur- surrounds um, the High Sparrow. Like, we don't even know his name. Right. Well, we know his name is Bernie Sparrow. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, I do agree with you. I think the whole reason they included the scene as boring and mostly useless as it may be, is to try to show that uh, Tommen will be falling for the High Sparrow's uh, charm and uh, because of his need for a father figure and that uh, the High Sparrow can kind of provide that as well as showing or trying to show that the High Sparrow isn't as much of a bad guy because he never got his own mother's love and stuff like that. So I think they're trying to, you know, muddy the waters there so everything's not as black and white as, like, the High Sparrow is bad or, you know, the royalty is bad. So they're just trying to make these characters more important when really they're really boring when they're just seen together. Yeah. Yeah. And all I can think about is where is Littlefinger? And why isn't he not in these scenes? Right. Like, he should be pulling some strings somewhere, but he's just absent. Had he played his cards better, he could have been that father figure to Tommen. Right. He should have rushed over there. Yeah. Yeah, that's a opportunity. Then we head over to Bravos in Essos, and Arya's fighting that girl. They're fighting, fighting, fighting. She gets hit in the face. After I watch this the second time, I do see that they're trying to convey that this whole fighting scene with all the cuts to back and forth from the slapping the hand game to the hitting Arya in the face with a stick game um was over one day because it starts out very dark and then eventually the sun comes in overhead and then by the end of it there are fires that are lit uh, indicating nighttime so in the course of one whole day of Arya getting her shit handed to her she finally picks up her stick and, like, can blind fight now. Dun! Dun, dun, what dun! What the fuck? Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> like, had they just not known how to display the passage of time, I would have been fine with that. But I can't swallow the fact that she became, like... Maybe it's the a... course of many days. No, because it all happened concurrently. 
Well, maybe it's like the beginning of like day one and like the middle of day seven and. No, because you're <laughs> everything is happening happening now. So happens that it worked out that way. <laughs> yeah, so that's why like Arya's uh, story has confused me as far as how long it takes for her uh, to get where she is, and the fact that it happens in one single day. Yeah, we don't even know how long she was on the streets for. Well, that was also because uh, that was an off off screen. Yeah. Anyway, I just have a, a hard time, like, coming to grips with Arya's timeline. Right. So then when she finally, like, beats the girl up, um, the man with no name or face, Jacques Hakar, um... So he has a name. Huh, something like that. Uh, he's like, here, have some wa- some drink. <laughs> have some of this stuff that kills people. This Kool-Aid. Do you have a name? <laughs> no. Drink this. So she drinks it, and she closes her eyes, and voila, it cures blindness. And contacts. Yep. <laughs> uh, so now she can see, and um, who is she now? Um, hopefully she will be the assassin to kill the masters of Philantus, Astapor, and Yonkai. That would be really helpful. Yes, it would Tyrion. be. <laughs> but I don't think that's going to happen. Um, so that kind of ends that little storyline, which... I mean, at the beginning of the season, she said that people were not going to like her storyline because it was very much, like, pushing Arya down. But hopefully this is, like, you know, now she's been riding this wave of, like, despair and violence. And she's going to, like, do something more with it. She's going to, like, surf it now instead of being, like... Yes. Uh, that means rolling. That that sound. In, yeah, whatever that was. <laughs> so, it, it, so in my, in my experience, it's when you get caught in a wave... And then you get pushed to the ground, into the, the beach front, and you have sand in your um, in your swimsuit. Yeah. Like, that is the feeling that I feel like Arya was going to go for, but now she's going to surf and, you know, swim with the dolphins. Like, hopefully it's all good from here. <laughs> That's optimism. <laughs> you know we're watching Game of Thrones, right? <laughs> she's probably going to die soon. <laughs> yes. <laughs> or they're going to find her poor, poor dog. <gasps> oh, yeah. Wolf. Wolf. Speaking of woofs, we go to Woofterfell. I mean, Winterfell. The Umbers are coming to visit. Oh, Lord the, Umber. Oh, Lord Umber comes to visit. That should have been the title of uh, the episode. Lord Lord Umber comes to visit the castle. Um, Next time we have to do this podcast in entirely British accents. We can do that. No, but, I think I'm going to be busy next week. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, Ramsay meets up with Lord Umber, uh... With uh, Lord Karstock, Karstock, Karstark by his side, uh, he says, "Hey, uh, Lord Lord Umber says, hey, we got the wildlings up north. They're coming down because it's getting cold. Because winter is coming eventually, right? Yeah. Eventually. Uh, so they're gonna come down here and fuck with y'all. How about you help me stop them? Uh, because otherwise, Jon Snow and his little band of wildlings are probably gonna take over this castle." And is like, hold up, son. I don't think that's going to happen. I'm just going to fight him off. Uh, but if you need help, I'll help you out, bro. And Umber's like, mm, sure, but I'm not going to, like, kneel or kiss your ring or any of that gay shit. I'm going to give you a present instead, brah. And in walks in Tonks and <laughs> a little, little Rickon. Little Ricky. Uh, little Rickon, I reckon. <laughs> uh, 
and Ramsey's like, hey, how do I even know that's uh, Rick and Stark? And then they pull in uh, this fake prop head of a wolf. Which is entirely small. And it looks so fake. (laughs) (laughs) Like, they spent all their money on animating Ghost that they can't, like, do a fake wolf head. This actually brings me back to Neverending Story because Gamork it would have been way, way bigger and scarier and more realistic. Yeah, and that was like animatronic, not animatronics, uh, puppetry from like the nineteen eighties or nineties. Nineteen eighties, yeah. So uh, they they can't uh, fake a good wolf head apparently. So and also it, it 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 it's a valid form of proof that it is Rick and Stark. It could have been any wolf, but apparently it's recognizable as as a specific dire wolf, Shaggy yeah. Dog. Even though we haven't seen him forever. Do continue. I'll I'll do my prediction later. All right. Uh, so poor Shaggy Dog is supposedly dead. Uh, and. We don't know what Ramsey plans to do with uh, Rickon, but he welcomes him to Winterfell again. And damn, that kid has grown. Yeah. Right? Um, the other theory that I heard about him was that they didn't want him to speak because his voice might have changed since the last time we heard him. Um, he now talks is, like this. Well, like, his voice would be cracking, so they don't want to, like, embarrass him or something. I don't know. I'm sure he has to speak at some point. So. I mean, he had trouble kind of speaking when he was a kid, so maybe he was a he's... baby. I know, but maybe he had some fucked up experiences. Now he just doesn't talk. Who knows? Yeah. We got a flashback with Bran eventually to see what happened to Rickon, I guess. Right. That'd be nice. Nice That'd tie-in. Be nice. They could catch up with each other. Right. Um. So then we we go over to the wall. Back to the wall. And, uh, Jon Snow, I think they cut straight to like he's gonna. Um, hang those guys? Well, he was he was looking at a fire, trying to get warm again. <laughs> um, uh, but then, so, so Alistair's gonna die, and so is Ollie and two other guys, which I forgot their names. No one cares. Yeah, no one cares. And so he's like, last words, he's, the one guy's like, tell my wife I love her, or something. John's like, nah. <laughs> and Sir Alistair says, like, if I could do it again, I would. And Ollie says nothing. Ollie, oh God, Ollie is the, the worst. Face. He makes the face I was making at him. This <laughs> <laughs> is so dumb. But it turns out that's his only acting face because I did pull up some other images of him and he just he, scowls. He just like furrows his brow and like I'm acting. Purses his lips and you you know he's angry and evil, <laughs> and he hates Jon Snow. He's he's a really bad uh, OC. <laughs> Um, so once they've been hanged, uh, Jon Snow says, burn their bodies after they die. Or no, that's what Dullard's Ed says to him. And he's like, nah, you do it. And then he (laughs) takes off his coat because it's not cold there. And he didn't just need that coat because he was naked because he was cold. Yeah. Does he have a heart that beats? Does he feel cold? Does he not feel love? (laughs) I think he feels the cold. I just think that was symbolic. Yeah, well, that was a dumb move. Yeah, and while it was symbolic, that's not how their leadership works. Don't they have elections? Like, exactly. Isn't that how he became the Lord Commander? Yes, and they have they have like democratic elections. Yes. Well, they also used to kick out the wildlings, so that's true. I mean, a little different under new management, Josh. That's tr- good. Very good point. <laughs> that's actually really terrible. Maybe Dolor- Let's have tyranny all over again. Maybe Dolores said just had a lot of super delegates for him. <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> uh, so then he's like, peace out, guys. My watch has ended. I'm not alive anymore. I don't have to pull up with this bullshit. Mic drop. Yep. And he walks away into darkness, and then you have credits. That was the Game of Thrones episode that we just watched. Next time on Game of Thrones. Um, yeah, what are your predictions? Well, to go back from my little outburst. Um, what was my little outburst? <laughs> <All right. laughs> um, in the books, well, wait, let's, I don't want to spoil anything. So, I think. It's my prediction. I know, but. <laughs> you think you're, that you're going to be right? I'm really good at that. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, actually, I stole this from, from somebody else. Anyway, so I think the Umbers are going to screw over the Boltons. Um, and I think that that dire wolf, in quotes, head, was any dire wolf, because I don't think that was Shaggy Dog. And I think they're fully aware that Ramsey Bolton is a psycho and can't be trusted. Um, and along with that, I'm thinking that Sansa is going to be in the next episode. That'd be nice. Um, I think she's going to be like headed up towards the wall and John's going to be like headed down from the wall to get to Winterfell. And I think they're going to miss each other, and then she's going to have to be like, oh, okay, so I'll go to Winterfell. And then all harmony will break out, because winter is coming, and the North remembers, and the Starks <laughs> are finally going to stop getting shit on. Wow, that's a lot of stuff that's going to happen in the next episode. Yeah, that's some season finale shit right there. That, that always happens in the fourth episode of the season, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> not the ninth episode. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, Joshua? What do you think? Um, I do ag- agree with uh, Sansa going up to Castle Black and John going, I guess, down to Winterfell. Um, and I don't think they're going to meet because why would they? You know, that'd be too easy, too coincidental. But then again, at the same time, uh, people can find like tiny items in vast fields that can lead them to figuring out where their lost ones are. So they might... Um, although my money is on that they will not meet, hopefully, because that'd be more true to the series. Uh, but remember who's writing this now. I know, I know. <laughs> uh, I, I, that's a very interesting theory, um, of the Umbers betraying the Karstarks and the Boltons, um, especially considering the fact that a lot of people in the North don't like wildlings, so... I don't know if they will f- work with the wildlings. Um, I find that hard to believe, but who knows, honestly, because maybe they're just not that bad once you get to know them. Uh, but let's see. I think... Here's what I'm hoping will happen. I hope that uh, Varys will hire assassins slash faceless assassins to go kill the masters of Yonkai, Astapor, and Volantis. That's what I'm hoping will happen. I'm also hoping that uh, Drogon comes back during the judgment of Daenerys' trial, um, and she gets on top of him and declares herself queen of all Kalisars. That's what I'm hoping happens. 
Interesting. Yeah. Um, so I don't have anything to back this up, but just going by, based off of what you said about um, Jon Snow going down to like Winterfell or whatever, uh, I think what's going to happen is Drogon's going to rescue him. It's going to be like another Neverending Story thing where it's like, I'm just really sad. And then the luck dragon comes and picks him up. Then they go and fight all the White Walkers and burn them, melt them. And then he flies to Marine and becomes the king. Uh, he you know gathers up all those slaves and is like, let's march. With and they go back to <laughs> yeah, with everybody. He could just he just he's united everybody and has decided he's gonna go and um, become the king, the rightful king. Yeah. Of everything. Yeah, and, that's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think it's going to happen, but I can hope. Uh, Joshua, where can we find you on the internet? You can find me on the interwebs on Twitter mostly at jprices.right. You'll find my Tumblr and my Instagram through there. Great. Casey, how about you? Um, only on Instagram, and it's at kice24. Cool. And you can find me on Twitter at yoprice and on Instagram at 80price. That's A-D-I-P-R-I-C-E, where my art likes to hang out. Any final thoughts, guys? For the watch. For the watch. For the win. Hmm. All right. Find more at com. This podcast is produced by RhymeAreason.com.